I'm Mariangela Abeo, and this is the Face to Faces podcast, a conversation series that provides a platform focusing on the LGBTQ and POC communities and their allies in the areas of activism, politics, mental health, arts and entertainment, and community. In this space, we discuss the human experience in our ever-changing world. My goal here is to remind you that while you may have moments where you feel isolated and alone, there is always an incredible community of people here that is safe. We all connect to people at our deepest pains and our greatest joys. And in this space, we're here for those moments and everything in between. I'm so glad you're here. Take a seat next to me. It's always open. Now, let's lean in. I am so excited to have my friend here, Alana Higginbotham. Welcome. Alana is a certified life coach, a published author, a public speaker, a wife, a homeschooling mom. Like, welcome. That's me. Thank you. Thank you so much. I am so excited to have you here. We have known each other for a few years. We met online and I feel like we've gone through a bit of a journey together. We have a a personal journey. You and I have had a few, uh, as they would say in corporate America, offline conversations. Several. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Is that what we call it? Cool. cool. Offline. Yes. Away from the public. Mm, I feel like something will happen like scandalous, but like something in my story, or I will be petty somewhere. And immediately I know I will see a message from you and you're like, (laughs) what's going on? Did I miss something? What's happening? I'll be like, uh, now wait a second. What did did you say about such such and such? Yeah. I, I love it. I love it. I love, I love being a part of the inside jokes. Yes. I love that too. I think that for me watching your I think right when I met you, I knew you had a book, but then I didn't know exactly what you did. And watching your journey, um, tell me something like your journey of especially being a life coach and 2020 was everybody's lives were shooketh. Like, how did you, how did you pivot? How did you change? How are you doing now considering we're in a still a, you know, viral and racial pandemic? Like, how are you right now? Well, I am most excellent. And the reason I am is because I I didn't really need to pivot um, because of the pandemic. My business went up because of what I do. I am the mental strategist. And so what I do is I help people strategize their mental. It is my belief that the one thing that's missing from everything is your mental strategy. Uh, because we strategize about so many other things. You know, uh, I want to lose weight. I want to be a better parent. I want to get a promotion. But even in those things, we never strategize about our mental. Okay. I know I have some certain triggers when I'm around this coworker. What am I going to do if I'm trying to get a promotion and I find myself on a project with them? Okay, I'm going to have to get my mind together. I'm going to have to do this. I'm going to have to bring um, some hard candy with me 
to the meeting. You know, these types of things. We don't think about that. We focus on the execution of the goal, but we rarely ask ourselves, okay, Alana, um, you're trying to lose weight and you join the gym, but um, you know those days where you're overwhelmed with uh, homeschool stuff, wife stuff, mom stuff, and friend stuff, and you just want to sit down, have some tacos, and drink a margarita? What are you going to do on those days when your mind is like, okay, I just want to... And maybe the answer is, I'm going to give myself the grace and the space to sit down and have a margarita. And so that's where I come in. And I became a certified life coach, just being completely transparent, because I felt like people would feel better knowing that I had some sort of certification. So everything I currently do in this space is something that I've done for damn near my entire life. I have been the person next to the frozen pizzas that someone strikes up a conversation with me. And after they've told me their entire life story and read their cheating husband for filth, they end it by saying, I never talk to people about my life. I can't believe you're so easy to talk to. Right. And so it it's happened in my personal life. It happens with my friends, my family, random people. And then one day I said, you know what, how do I, how can I, how can I earn some income while I'm here in this house homeschooling these kids? And I thought, you know what? I'll just write this little ebook and people can download it while I'm asleep. Well, I wrote the book. I put together a panel of women from different backgrounds and I had them read it. And they all said the same exact thing. Alana, we loved it, but we feel like it could be more like you could expand it. You could expound when you talk about this, you could talk about it a little bit more. And then it became an actual hard copy book. And that was the basis for the platform that exists today. That is so, uh, that's, that's quite a business plan. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know, right? like, I feel like a lot of us feel like we wish we could have like a formulaic process like that. And, um, mm-hmm. I just, I've been so inspired watching your process. I feel like so many of us, um, I was just talking about this in that astrology episode that, so many of us are having, or so many, not us, I'm not going to put myself in there because I feel like I'm thinking outside of the box a little bit, but so many people are just trying to weather this storm of when things go back to normal type mm-hmm. thing, statements, and mm-hmm. it's not happening. And so I feel like people that are able to think outside of the box and just accept the new way of life and create new ways of doing things mm-hmm. are the people that are excelling right now. Mm-hmm. And then there are people that are just kind of stuck and waiting and not wanting change and not wanting to adjust. And it's, um, I've been told by the astrologer Xavier that 2021, we're going to see a very big definition between those two groups of people. I, I love it. Uh, so essentially, um, in summary, what you just said is those of us who didn't fit in in, in uh, 2019 are writing the narrative in 2020 and 21. Can I give all the snaps to that? All the snaps. Like those of us who were, or even fighting, like we, I tried so hard to fit in in so many circles and I never really did. Like I felt, I felt like a interloper, you know, in so many ways. And now I feel like I'm creating this lane for myself that I'm less um, worried about. And I feel like you've done the same. Listen, girl, when I I don't remember if it was Instagram, I think it was Instagram when I first saw your drive 
drive-through therapy, drive-up therapy. Well, some of my followers call it drive-by therapy. <laughs> I was like, what, what are the people calling it? The tens of thousands of people. When I saw that, first of all, I am a huge proponent of bite-sized media, bite-sized mm-hmm. content. We are in a place now where people, they don't have attention spans very long, even though we are in this new Zoom stay-at-home era. It is people still like little bites that they can take. And then you did this drive-by therapy. And literally, if you guys haven't seen it, it is Alana looking fierce as fuck in her car, (laughs) driving by her camera, giving you a nugget that you probably don't want to swallow about something that you are probably a little too salty about still, and then driving away. And she just drops this little bomb, this little mic on you, and you're just like, ow that hurt, but she drove away. Like, and the com, I was like, the comments were hundreds. And I was like, girl, you found something. Did that freak you out? Uh, it, it did because it was so uncalculated. Like I have a, I have a picture of my life that I know that I'm going to be known in the world, right? So on the globe that you and I are on right now, everybody in all the areas of the globe are going to know Alana Higginbotham, right? How exactly the steps that that's going to happen, we don't know, right? But I set my intention. I do my meditation, manifestation, all that, right? And so like you said, you try to fit in in these other areas because you're told that, okay, your social media needs to be this and you have to have these hashtags and you need to make sure that you say this or this in the first three seconds and so forth and so on and so forth and so on. And I just wasn't fitting in. It wasn't clicking for me. It wasn't natural. Right. And so one day I, everything that you just said about those TikToks and why they're successful were completely random. I not, love that. That's what makes them authentic to me. I think you're right. It, it doesn't look like you are. There's something kind of lovely about TikTok for this reason. I feel like Instagram is very performative in many ways. And there are a lot mm-hmm. of people being performative. And TikTok is not. It's just people trying shit just to see if it'll yeah, work. For sure. And they're they're, they're trying it in front of their camera. Some of the most regular mundane tasks people are like over the moon about lady folding her laundry and picking up her kids toys. And she's got her audio in the background saying something really profound. And we're like, yes, that's me. That's my life. And for me, that is, um, that's just what happened. I, I sat down one day, I batch recorded some videos on a humbug because I had said I was going to make some videos that day and I like to use the natural sunlight. By the time I was done procrastinating that day, it was about three o'clock and the sunlight in my office was not what I wanted it to be. So I decided I was going to go outside in front of my house in the cul-de-sac and where the sun was, I set up a camera in front of that and I thought, okay, how the hell am I going to even do this? I don't want to walk up to the camera. And I don't want to get a shot of my neighbor's houses and their cars and their license plates because that's not legal or didn't feel right. And so I said, I know what I'm going to do. I'll just drive up to the camera and say something and, you know, move on. I wasn't thinking about the quality of the audio. I wasn't thinking about what if they can hear the sound of my car? What if they can hear the sound of nature? I just did it. And 
I posted the first one at midnight and I had 148 followers. 148. Three and days. I wasn't even on TikTok yet, by the way, because I saw this I don't on think so. Yeah. I don't think so. And I posted that video and 24 hours later, I was up to 10,000 followers. <gasps> and now two months later, I'm almost at 170,000. Jesus Christ, Alana, that's banana. The best thing about it is when I saw it, I was like, it was a gem about, um, it was a, it was a gem about like missing someone or do you miss them? Or do you really miss? It was something, it was something that I needed to hear that I didn't want to hear. And I remember like snapping back at it, like, shut up, Alana. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, bitch, listen. And then I remember saying it the next day to someone who needed to hear it because I'm good at giving advice, but not taking it. <laughs> I was like, this bitch has me re- like literally regurgitating her stuff, but not learning from it. And she would think that was funny. Well, the fact that you regurg- regurgitated it means that you did learn from it and that when you're ready, you'll pull that book off the shelf and actually read it. And I'm just petty. We all know this. Anyway. Listen, I, I love it. Cause let me tell you, it's been many times where I have dro- driven in front of that camera and said to myself, uh, so when you going to take that advice, when you going to take your own advice. Right. And not only that, but I feel like it's, um, it's so great because those bite-sized things stay with people. I don't know, but if it's more than two cent, two or three sentences, it doesn't stay with me. And so yours are retainable. Like sometimes on TikTok, if I feel like somebody or on Instagram, if I feel like somebody's going through a longer story, I have to gauge if I have the spoons for it or space for it at that moment. And yours are just so fast that I can go. Before you even before you can even make the decision to scroll past it, I've already said what I'm going to say. You've already driven away like, fuck you anyways. You had to hear me. And I was like, damn you, you're right. I think that's lovely. Have you ever thought about making, so this is what I did at the end of my podcast lot the first season is I made like a little reel of some of my favorite moments. Have you ever thought of making a video of like some of your most popular ones and putting it out? Because I would love to have that all together. I have, I have because some of my followers have mentioned it like, um, you know, this would be cool if you put this in a loop, put several of these in a loop and put it on YouTube. Or um, I had one of my followers say, you should make these into a calendar. Oh, that's his. I was like, what? So like you get a calendar to hang on your fridge and it's a picture of me driving up in my car with whatever the hell I'm saying that month. I was like, I let me go ahead and put your name down so I can tell everybody you came up with this idea when I launch it. Um, I've had people tell me that they now have a journal and every time I post a video in that journal, they write it down. I've had so many people reach out to me and say, um, I have a journal for the opposite reason. Let me tell you when somebody says something that I resonate with, but I don't want to admit, I write those down. (laughs) Very good. And you know what? I've gotten to the point in my life where I already, I, I know me. I know me. If you said it and it pissed me off, I'm literally thinking to myself, or if you said it and I was kind of like, mm, I literally think to myself, it, it's going to come full circle one day. Yeah. Cause I know I, me. 
Yes, that's that's what it, it's all about is can we look at ourselves? Yeah. My introspection game is up there. I'll even be introspecting when I know I'm doing something I probably shouldn't be doing. I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. It's comfortable for me to do right now. I'm going to do it now until I'm comfortable enough to be like, you know what? Alana, you tripping. You need to stop doing that. But until then, I'm going to squeeze all of it out. And once I'm done, I'm done. I usually like put my foot in my mouth. I mean, I'm a Capricorn, so that makes sense. We, We fly off a little bit sometimes. I was, even in the astrology episode, they were talking about like, we're going to be in the sign of like a little bit of caring a lot about status and symbols. And <clears throat> I said something to the effect of, Oh, it must be an air sign. And they were like, no, it's actually Capricorn. And I was like, Oh, I'll just leave now. It's <laughs> cool. like, that was me trying, yeah. Trying to judge somebody else, but not looking at myself. So, yeah. but that's what your, your, your little gems do that. And I think people are, are latching onto that. Um, are you thinking about expanding it or anything about doing anything with it? I mean, you want to be seen, you want to have this presence. And I feel like this is going to be a great avenue for you. Well, believe it or not. Um, I'll say this. There's a lot that I want to do with it. And I've even had a few producers reach out to me about my having my own television show. Okay. So, um, you know, remember me when girl, I got a list of people, honey, trust me. You're going to be real good. Listen, trust me. Um, and I don't even need to keep a list because when you're, when you, you know, when you resonate with somebody and, and somebody's energy is consistent and, you know, I'm not saying that I'm, I'm not throwing shade to anybody else. I'm just saying, I don't believe in supporting everybody because it's the right thing to do. I stay in my lane. So I do what I'm supposed to do when I'm supposed to do it. Not because some tragic shit just happened. And now everybody wants you to give money to this cause or that cause. First of all, I've been supporting causes since before there was social media. Okay. I've been filling up gas tanks and buying groceries for random strangers uh, when I didn't have no groceries. Okay. So you had to miss me on that part. Anyway, uh, (laughs) tell them all. Listen, listen. I, I, I go directly to the source of the person that needs what they need. Not that there's anything wrong with with supporting different crusades or different projects. What I'm saying is a lot of times uh, you have a lot of people giving and doing things because shit hits the fan. And as people, a lot of Americans are like, OK, I got to do something. I got to I got to do something because if I don't do anything quickly, then I'm a part of the problem. And that's just a bunch of bullshit. Anyhow, um, I have had people reach out to me for uh, television shows. I've had uh, numerous professionals as well as followers say to me, uh, when's the podcast coming out? So that, and then I have, a, um, I have another book in the works that has actually been in the works since before the book that's actually out. And then some workbooks and stuff like that I'm working on. And I'm even working with an app Ooh. right now. That could be cool. Like the little, your little gems popping up on people's phone every day. Listen, it, I, I told somebody um, 
this particular app that I am looking at, and I'll, I'll obviously launch it and talk about it later on. Um, I said, you know, at first glance, this particular app, if Alana Higginbotham was an app, this would be her. That's so exciting. And originally I thought I was going to be creating my own app. Like that's my original thought. And then as I begin to hone in on that and set my intentions on that, then, um, somebody reached out to me, uh, a person who has this, uh, this company that has this well-known app. And I thought, Hmm, I never thought about just partnering with an existing app. Right. Um, because that would save me the time and, oh, and so much time. Yeah. That would save me the time. And these people already have it all together and the app's already out there and millions of people have downloaded it. So I'm really focused and staying in my lane. TikTok taught me that I was never on the wrong track. That's a great way to look at it. I didn't think about it that way. I just like TikTok it taught more me. There. Well, they, TikTok, TikTok reaffirmed for me that the reason you were having trouble, Alana, is because you thought you needed to fit yourself, even though I'm not about fitting in at all, ever. I thought I needed to, okay, it's kind of like if somebody tells you, if you want to be a doctor, then you go do these things. Right. It, 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 it's set in stone. I wasn't, I wasn't fully tapping into my um, creative tools and my ability to create, literally create my own lane. That's why I refer to myself as the mental strategist instead of a mental strategist, because mm-hmm. I'm the one who came up with the term. And so I am the mental strategist. And at some point you'll actually be able to go uh, matriculate at a Institute of higher learning and earn a associate's degree as, or, or a four-year degree as a mental strategist. Okay. That's on the goal. That's on the goal list. That's oh my God. I mean, so tell, because you have a goal list. I mean, wow. I don't have one yet for 2021. I had one for 2020 and look where that got me. You um, actually do have a goal list. It's in here. It may yeah, not be I written anywhere. You're yeah. correct. Last year was just the first year ever that I put, I penned them. Mm, okay. That's good. No, no, because well, anything but my personal goals were, might've well been firewood. Like I couldn't, my travel goals, my, none of those things could happen. My speaking goals, you know, I think, but you, you saw me kind of, we've known each other from before, before I became a speaker, mm. any of that. And so I think you and I have both kind of been on this public speaking path, mm-hmm. which has been both daunting, but also surprisingly good for my confidence. I don't know about you, but I have now a lot of people. It's funny. This is where petty me comes in. I have a lot of people now, especially on TikTok that are like, I've always wanted to be a public speaker. Will you help me? Part of me is like, I'm $150 an hour. And then other part of me is like, Google is your friend, girl. Like I had to learn myself. You know what I mean? And so there's a Tell me why white people want everything handed to them. I have no- <laughs> Listen, I, I can't speak. I can't speak for your experience with white people, but uh, my my response to this is: Tell me why white people always want to hand me anything I need. If I go to a if I go to one of my white friends and say, um, you know, I have, I have a this is a true story go to a, a, one of my white friends and say, you know, um, I'm trying to write a book 
and I know that you're a published author, they are like, here is the list of the people that I work with. Here is the thing. Uh, also, I know how to create um, websites. And here is, uh, I, I can make a website for you. Wow. But my experience, my experience with people of color have been because they struggle to get to where they are, they find so much value in the struggle. And they also look at you through a filter of arrogance, like, all I did to get where I am and you want me to just hand you a list of people to talk right. to. Right. So both to, in my opinion, both of those are very valuable, you know, yes. work totally. for the shit that you want is very valuable, but also, Hey, you're doing too much work. Let me introduce you to this person or let me point you in this direction. Are both valuable. So I totally get it. You're, I love you're, that. Yeah. It, 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 it's an, it's an amazing, um, it's an amazing thing out there. And you realize that whatever your mind is focusing on uh, is creating the world around you. And so those resources uh, come in handy. Doing a podcast or being a speaker now is kind of, especially now that we're in a virtual world, it's a popular, it's a popular thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And especially around the Ted talks for me, I feel like a lot of people are like, how do I get a Ted talk? And I'm like, first of all, I don't know what's happening with them now. Like, it's a different world. Oh, that's true. Um, well, no, I know they're happy. My second one is supposed to be in April, May and in, um, in New Hampshire at Dartmouth. Remember oh, that was supposed to happen right, right before the podcast. And I just got word that it's still happening. I don't know if it's vir- if, uh, if it's virtual or not yet, but mm-hmm. I'm happy because it's great exposure <clears throat> for me. But, you know, I have a lot of people going, I want a Ted talk. I can do a Ted talk. And I'm like, oh, okay. A lot of us good. It's, there's so much work behind the scenes and I feel like telling people like there's so much more to this. So I'm glad that you're getting both because I do think that I love giving people pointers that I didn't have. Like I'm so excited to help you with premiere and help you with the podcast because I had that help given to me and it was Uh, like, I love that paying forward. That is really important to me. Yeah, I agree. Um, Because some things the process in which you go about acquiring it is as much of the knowledge you need as once you actually get the thing. Well, I mean, that's really all of it. So um, I want to learn as much as I need to learn. I definitely don't want to, because I know people like this, they are so married to the struggle that they will never be able to receive someone giving them anything yes. yes, because they're married to the struggle. No, 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 no. That came too easy. I've heard women, men talk about that. You know, they were given two options and there was one that seemed like it was too simple. It was the one they should, that, that they, that most resonated with them, but they didn't go with that opportunity because it seemed too simple. Hmm. That's wild to me. I will always go for the simpler one. Ben right? ben <laughs> and some, but sometimes the reason why it's so simple is because you've honed your skills in that area and your experience in that area is what makes it seem simple. It's, it's 2,700 other people that uh, would not be choosing that because it doesn't look simple or easy to them. Yes. So... I wanted to ask you, because there are so many people struggling still, and as a life coach, I feel like 
do you have any gems, anything, any like go-tos that you tell people that are struggling that might not be your clients or that might not, you might not be working in depth with yet? Some things that will help people because right now, 2020 is not starting off easy. 2021. It's not starting off any easier than 2020 did. If anything, we're in a worse place than we were before as far as COVID, as far as jobs, um, unemployment rates, things like that are really, really difficult still. Um, what would you say to people that are struggling? How do you help people as a, as a life coach, like wrap their head around something as maybe they're not your client, but maybe just like, remember this in your day to day. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, the big thing is change your thoughts. Um, because the, uh, one of the things that I repeat more often than anything probably is a quote in my book where I say thoughts are things. And every day we send them out into the world to create the landscape of our lives. I believe that we don't fully understand that concept. First thing. Second thing is putting you back into the driver's seat of your life. Okay. You're in control. The sad part about that is if the stuff around you, it feels kind of fucked up. We don't want to take responsibility for that. I didn't do that. I didn't, um, I didn't beat myself up in this relationship. This man that uh, I am in a relationship with, this woman that I'm in a relationship with was physically abusive to me, Alana. And I didn't tell them to do that. You didn't. You did not. Um, fault versus responsibility is the third thing. It may not have been your fault that they were physically abusive, but how you proceed after you realize that they are is your responsibility. Yes. So maybe it wasn't your fault that your parents were inadequate to give you what you felt like you needed as a kid. Maybe that was their fault, but it's your responsibility going forward. Because I mean, how many, how long are you going to sing the song of, you know, my mama was an ass and my dad was too. Um, you can sing the song for a really long time, but there, I, I promise, I promise this to anyone because this is human nature and this is scientific for how your brain works. If you change how you think about that situation, you'll go from resenting your parents to feeling sorry for them to understanding them and actually liking them. Right. Because what you don't realize is that because they were your parents, a lot of their traits are in you, even at a more minute um, capacity. And so the more you do that, you put yourself back in the driver's seat of your own life. You stop feeling those negative emotions that pop into your head for no reason. And then you realize, oh, shit, I just passed by my mom's favorite donut shop. That's why I was feeling the way I'm feeling. And um, those are the things changing your thoughts, which if you change your thoughts, it also changes what you say out of your mouth, uh, putting yourself back in the driver's seat of your life and understanding the difference between um, fault and responsibility. I love that. And I do think that we are responsible for our thoughts. And I think so many of us were forced to sit with them this year, um, this past year, because, you know, if, especially if you're busy like me, it was just like, I don't have time to sit with myself, I'm just going to move through life as fast as possible. And I think a lot of us now are, are having to change our thoughts because we're having more quiet time with ourselves. That part. Yes. That, that is why people are now, because of all of that, reaching out and saying that you're not okay is a lot less frowned upon. Yes. Thank God. Now, your boss and your boss's boss 
is on the Zoom call or in the uh, the uh, conference, voice conference, and asking, how are you guys feeling? Can someone tell me about a hard mental challenge they had this week? Baby, we wasn't talking about that before, not in corporate America. Right, right. And so now the door is open. Now you can get out of your head and say out loud, this is how I feel. And somebody's like, oh my God, I feel that way too. So there's that identification, that validation. And then somebody else might say, oh, I felt that way. And this is what I did. And it's, it's, it's life changing. It, it, it's completely changing things. It is. And I feel like there's this whole, there's um, mental health, especially mental illness was so, it was shadowed. It was, oh, they've got bipolar. Oh, um, PTSD. She's struggling with PTSD. Um, and it was still kind of, it wasn't hushed. It wasn't whispered, but it was said like with your hand to your side, you know what I mean? Yeah. And now I feel like you're right. Like people are like, I'm having a rough time. People that don't usually say it out loud. And it makes me so glad, not that people are struggling, but that they are being more transparent about it because I feel like, um, what we all need right now is to know that we're not alone when we're all alone. <laughs> Mm. for sure for sure forever but uh we need to live it. it 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 is and what we don't realize is that god i'm such a bad mom because because i didn't wash the dishes before i went to bed turns into i should just end my life that's where it starts. You don't just wake up one day and decide you're going to try to kidnap your ex-wife from her parents' house. You don't just wake up one day and decide, you know, my life has been so amazing up to this point, but I wanted to book a flight and it didn't go through. I, I think today's the day I'm going to start using drugs. Right. No. And really what I have found is uh, using drugs or being an alcoholic or overeating is all a byproduct, not because you decided I'm going to have some French fries today because I had a rough day. It's while you're eating the French fries after you made the decision and you're constantly talking shit to yourself because you're eating the French fries. It's the emotional and mental uh, hurt that you put on yourself that makes it bad. Because in and of itself, deciding that I'm going to have, um, you know, if you live in a place where this is allowed, uh, deciding that, you know, I'm going to smoke a joint tonight before I go to bed. Um, it's not that that's bad. It's the excess of it when it starts to negatively affect your life. And it, it doesn't negatively affect your life until your mental puts yourself in a place where it's like now all I can do to stay afloat is this thing. And I'm doing it to the extent that it's screwing up my life and my relationships. Yes. yes. I totally agree with that. And I feel like our self-talk is so, can be so harmful, but also so positive to us. Mm -hmm. I remember after um, I came out as bi-gender and I created that little private page of mine and um I remember you were one of the first people to use the word handsome and gorgeous with me. And I remember saying, I love how that sounds. You know, I'm used mm -hmm. to being called beautiful or stunning, mm -hmm. which are very femme terms. Mm -hmm. And I remember you saying handsome and gorgeous. And I was like, yeah, 
that feels really good. I am mm-hmm. that, but I hadn't used it for myself. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And um, I think when we hear other people um, give us affirmations, it's it becomes a little easier to say. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I love watching people now watching. I have a lot of people that are struggling around me and I'm watching them struggle and I love watching them struggle and I hate that. But I love watching them struggle because I like telling them, do you see what you're moving through right now? Like, this is like warrior dope status. This is like brush off the, you know, the dust of the deaths of the opponents. Like you like prevailing, you're prevailing. So I I think we all could use that. We all could use these affirmations. Like I don't, I don't hand out uh, empty compliments ever. Me either. But like, you know that. So you know when I saw your little bite-sized things and it blew my mind, you knew where that was coming from. Because I was like, place. bitch, like these are these are amazing. Like I'm here for this bite-sized content as a marketing side, as a friend. You know what I mean? So I think that, you know, part of what you do as a life coach, I, th- I mean, you're a professional um, like cheerleader in many ways. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you give people this confidence that they can't find in themselves yet. And, and it's born out of authenticity because I'm not just telling you that you're amazing and you're great. I'm also telling you you're fucking up, but you got what it takes to get back on track. Right. Right. As opposed to just you're screwing up, you're screwing up, you're screwing up. And you're like, well, shit, what, what do I do? It's like, Hey, you're screwing up, but it's normal. Try this and get back to me in the morning. Yes. It's like this, these little nuggets that we can each give each other. I was like, somebody was singing my praises the other day and I was feeling a little bit like full, not full of myself, but I was feeling my ego and I felt really good and I felt really cute. And somebody was like giving me a compliment. And so I immediately felt the need. And I feel like this is a very Brene Brown uh, (laughs) of her saying, I immediately felt the need to kind of bash myself a little bit. Mm. And so I said, um, you know, I'm, I'm acting like I have game, but really like my body is 80 years old right now. And this woman in the chat, this older woman looked at me and she goes, honey, honey, sh- 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 less is more, less is more. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's hilarious. And it was so real because she was like, you were looking really good there for a second. Just sh- don't talk, don't say all the things in your head. We don't need yeah. to hear <laughs> And I was like, you're brilliant. Like, because that's exactly what I needed to hear because I was like, I'm not going to lean into the joy. I'm going to rehearse tragedy. Like, or is it tragedy or trauma that Brene says? It's a brilliant quote because so many of us around trauma do that. Yeah. So instead of leaning into that joy, I was like, I'm really, my joints are 80, you know, Mm -hmm. and uh, it immediately aged me and made me feel bad about myself. And so many of us do it. And uh, we're, we're told not only um, not only you're not enough, but we're also told you're too much. All in the same the same person, all inside of you. You are both not enough and too much. That that that'll send anybody crazy. Yeah, it's and it's so harmful because so many of us fight that that balance all our lives until you realize that the only person you need to be enough for is yourself. That's it. And I know that sounds very woo-woo, silly, but so many of us don't actually understand the premise of that, you know? And I think what you're, you're just doing good work. You're doing good work and you're helping so many people. I feel like we could talk for hours, but when when it's your first time here, I do have some um, 
lightning round questions at the end. I would like Ooh, to I ask. love that. Yeah, um, because I edit them all together at the end of the year. And like I did my favorite curse words last year and all of that. So um, yeah, my first one is, what's your favorite curse word? Oh, fuck. Is, first word. <laughs> that's a lot of the answer. Do you have a favorite fuck phrase? Um, well, one of my favorite fuck phrases is uh, no matter how cultured you are, no matter how poised you are, and no matter what your intentions are, sometimes in certain situations, the only response is, I know this motherfucker didn't. <laughs> Slow clap. That's it. Slow clap. Best one. Best one so far. Um, perfect. Okay. Tell I have me- a few other ones. Uh, but- <laughs> I'll do you. Share. Share. I love that you, you, know, you know, when you're uh, when you're having sexy time with your husband and you throw those out, you know, that's that's oh, always an appropriate that's a whole different level. I love that word in that situation. I love it. I, and I, I love that the word can be endearing. I love that the word can be um, it can mean so many different things based on the way you say it. You could I, I, you could walk in the room in a badass outfit and I could be like. Or you could walk in the room in an outfit that you borrowed out of my closet without my permission, and I can say, fuck. No, you didn't. Come on. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I love that. Okay, second question. What is there is there an album, a music album that you listen to as a go-to when you're having a hard day or to help you get through this quarantine? Is there some specific music that you love right now? Well, listen, I go back to 80s soft rock and that 80s rock. Not, okay, that's not an answer I expected. Listen. Keep going. I'm all ears. Pour some sugar on me? Like, really? Like, bitch. I feel like this yeah. is going to be over and I need to leave and I need to go on a walk because I just don't even know how to process what you just told me. Listen, I'm people- dead in the water right now. Who Let me are you? The woman that you see in front of you is the woman that I curated because she is always who I wanted her to be. I want to look the way that I want to look, dress the way that I want to dress, talk the way that I want to talk. And I don't, there is no package in that. Okay. So I I went to high school at a high school in Louisiana that was 50% white, 50% black. So I have as many close like best friends that are white as I do that are black. And so I went to a high school where that was like, girl, what? Motley Crue, Guns N' Roses, uh, uh, um, uh, Africa. Um, like, listen, trust me, it, it's a bunch of them. But 80s soft rock, you know, Michael Jackson is considered to be soft rock in some of those areas. Billie Jean. Let me tell you something. When the day has been rough, I walk into my bathroom. My skincare routine is one of my rituals that grounds me that I enjoy with all this quarantine stuff. Mm. I will stand in front of my sink and I will say, Alexa, play 80s soft rock or Alexa, play 80s rock. I am both overjoyed with this news and also in absolute fucking uh, i i'm i'm um gobsmacked as the english <laughs> <would say. laughs> 
gobsmacked. Um, I was not expecting that. I was really, I was, I had my notepad out getting ready to like write down a new album that maybe you'd be listening to that I hadn't heard before, but pour some sugar on me. I'm very aware of Motley Crue. I did grow up in the eighties in Seattle. So um, yeah, that's Enigma. Yes. Um, Listen, um, um, also seventies R and B here for that. Yes. Which by the way, I go back and I listen to, and I'm like, is this okay for us to listen to back it it was not it was not now we're in in cancel culture and i'm like oh this song would have been so canceled like how about the ohio players and all of their um all of their album covers the ohio players are very um they're very sexually in tune so every one of their album covers has a naked woman on it really and uh or she's she's very revealing and one of my favorites is they have an album, I believe it's called Honey. And if you open up the album, there is a woman in it and she's leaning back with her arm out and she has honey dripping off of her. Beautiful brown, golden brown woman, beautiful boobs. And it, it, listen. Listen. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. No, I'm learning so much about you, Alana, right now. More oh my than God, I be shocked. Yeah, I know. And you have teenage kids, so I'm sure when you play that 80s rock, they're like, ma. Oh no. My, kids, like- my, my kids are homeschooled. Oh, that's right. Oh, they spend the majority of their time with me. They're on your team. I love it. My daughter does not like my music taste, so that's why. That's hilarious. That's amazing. Yeah, they, they, they love it. And and my my kids are musically inclined. My uh, youngest son is actually a musician and um, and a DJ. And my husband, um, I was about to say my oldest husband. My husband is, is very much into music as well. And then my oldest son is also into all kinds. Girl, I hadn't caught him listening to um, um, old school uh, um, music. Um, I saw you in the park, you know, that type of stuff. Like, like, um, like rap pack stuff. I love that. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, exactly. Um, I can't think of her name. Uh, she's a black singer and she was anyway, he listens to all kinds of stuff. Nat King Cole, Natalie Cole. I love that. I, I listen to that stuff a lot. Yeah. Okay. Next question. Ready? Yes. In two people that have inspired you to be who you are that are not white heterosexual men, because I don't think that would oh, be a problem. What is easy? I just gotta make that prerequisite because you know they have enough attention. We're good. <laughs> I mean, hey, if they inspire you, they inspire you. Uh, well, I, I don't discriminate. Um, so my mom, obviously, um, because. Um, my relationship with my mom has evolved from complete and utter. Why would she do that shit? Why would she allow that shit to uh, absolute respect? Like you would not believe. Uh, and then um, I'm going to, you said two. So my, my, I'm going to give you two sets of people, okay, my cool. parents and my grandparents. Because they're, you know, they they operate as a unit. So my mom and dad are John and Paulette Renee. You know that Renee is my maiden name. Mm -hmm. Um, And then my grandparents would be Aurelia and Vincent Renee. And 
yeah, there's, there's so much about my life uh, that when things get tough and I feel like, um, well, how the hell am I going to do that? I need, I need to have this and this and this in order to be able to do that. And I think to myself, my grandmother is 94. My grandfather would be a hundred if he was still alive. And I often think, yeah, mama and papa is how I refer to them. And I, I think to myself, yeah, but mama and papa used to do it and they didn't have none of the shit that you say you need. That's, that's powerful. And I, I learned a lot about that example. Yeah, I, I learned a lot. And, and part of the reason I have that example is because I forced myself to see it. Um, I, I heard somebody say the other day that you'd be surprised at how easy it is to love someone when you've read their story. Ooh. Yeah. So um, my mom and dad um, have such a interesting story on how they even became a couple. And um, I came in and made it a thruple. <laughs> I feel like we grew up together. So yeah. Uh, it's amazing. And uh, if you look at me, you're looking at my mother. If I show you a picture of my mom, you're like, unmistakable. She's my mother. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I love that you're so close to them and that they are, they've inspired you to be who you are today. Not everybody can say that. So you are very lucky. I love that. And it's it's been an evolution. I'll say that. Yeah. yeah. Had, you, that. had you asked me that 10 years ago, I might not have said the same. Right. I feel that. I feel that. I'm still going through that evolution. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, totally, totally. Um, last question. If you could have lunch with your younger self, what age about would you be? What would you take her to go eat? And what would you say to her? Great way to ask that question. I learn a lot about people with this question. It was asked to me once and I started crying. And so I always want to hear people's answers. It's a great question because normally they ask you, what advice would you give to your younger self? And I have a completely different answer for that. Yeah. Um, Because my younger self wouldn't listen to shit. So it wasn't nothing you could tell her. Right. You're going to take her out to lunch. I'm going to take her out to lunch. She's in her 20s. She's about 22, 23. Um, Maybe a little younger. Maybe she's like 21, 21, 22. Um. I would take her out to uh, Mastro's. Um, Mastro's is a um, high-end steakhouse here in Houston. And I would not say, I wouldn't tell her anything. I would listen to her. Mm. Uh, what I, well, what I would tell her is share, share the things with me. Tell me all of the things that you felt like you couldn't say to the world because they thought you would be weird or they wouldn't understand or whatever. And I just sit there and I would let her talk mm-hmm. and I would validate her and I would let her see what the luxury of her life could, could be, would it will be. Mm, I love that. I feel like we all need that person to just listen to us at that age and it doesn't really happen all the time. Especially when you're um, like, you have a lot to say. Yes. Yes. Especially that age. You know what I mean? And yeah. you kind of think you know everything in your 20s. Oh, for sure. Experience. You know okay. everything and you know what everybody else needs to be doing with their life. Yes. Yeah. Ugh. I try to give people in their zero experience. 
Oh, it's a lot, but I try to give people in their twenties grace because I know how hard it was. I remember. Yeah, I do too. I I, I find myself uh, being the one adult in their life that tells them fuck what society says and do what you want to do. Because really, the truth is that what they want to do is who they really are. And if we just offer them encouragement and resources, um, they could be badass in their 20s. I mean, their 40s. Yes, I totally agree with that statement. Yeah. All right. Um, we could be on here for two hours. I know this. And I don't. <laughs> Surely. Surely. Yes. Um, I want you to tell people how they can find you online, please. And I will make sure all the links are in the episode as well. But say it out loud because I know people have their phones out looking for you. They has their phones out. And I am here to say, um, because my name is Alana Higginbotham, I figured the easiest thing to do was just make me Alana Higginbotham everywhere. Okay. That's a mouthful. And so anywhere you go, anywhere social media is offered, Alana Higginbotham is my, usually my handle. Um, on Twitter, I'm A.R. Higginbotham because they, they wouldn't let me put all my letters in there. And uh, alanahigginbotham.com is where you can find me. And info at alanahigginbotham.com is where you can email me. I also have a book you can purchase. It's called The Mental Breakdown. And you can either go directly to my website and click the tab to purchase it, or you can go to Amazon and look up Alana Higginbotham, The Mental Breakdown, and I'll be there. And I also have some great e-courses on my website that you can download uh, that also come with uh, printable workbooks and things like that. I love that. I need, I'm going to need a download. We'll trade uh, info because I will teach you about a podcast because I need to start putting downloadable content for purchase on my website. And I don't oh, know. Yeah. How. It's I super simple too. Oh, cool. Okay. Okay. We're going to, it's a date. We'll have a bottle of wine ready and we're going to sit and like download info with each other. I love it. I love it. I already know what wine I'm going to use. Woo! I'm here for it. Thank you again for being here. Thank you so much for having me. We always have a good time together whenever we talk. And I can't, I can't wait to see what the future has for the both of us. Ooh, it's going to be, we're going to be together. We're going to be like, are you in your green room at this thing? I'm in my green room at this thing. Do you have wine? I have wine. Come over. Like we're going to be, we'll be, I, I'm, I'm manifesting us speaking at a big, large conference together. It's going to be a big ass Brene Brown. It's going to be Brene Brown and Eric Thomas and Oprah Winfrey are going to all have some sort of hand in it. And me and, and you be, are going to be part of it. We're going to be day drinking in the back, trying to get our nerve up to be on the same stage as these people. And we're just going to end up being a little tipsy and it's going to work in our favor. <laughs> what's going to happen. My agent came out this year and said, I'm going to, I want to promote you as the um, alternative uh, punk Brene Brown. And I was like, I'm not mad at that, actually. At all. What an accurate description. The non-PhD, punked, tattooed, you know, piercing. Yes. Like, bitch, okay. I like that. I like that. And it resonates with me. Like, it's true. I was here for it. She's a Leo. I was here. She's she's like, I'm going to take your performativeness out. I was like, okay. Okay. Let's do it. So, Let's do it. Manifesting uh, an event together at this point. Yes. High five. <laughs> high five thank you again for being here you are so welcome thank you for having me you guys all have a wonderful fantastic day 
thanks so much for listening to this episode and all the episodes. We hope you'll join our quickly growing online community where there is always someone to hold a space for you if you feel alone. If you have an idea for an upcoming guest or topic, please don't hesitate to reach out. All social media links and contact information can be found at my website, MaryAngelaAbeo.com. And until next time, take care of yourselves and those around you. And by that, I mean, wash your fucking hands, wear a damn mask, defund the police, pay the fee, basically continue fighting for the rights of indigenous and black lives everywhere, including and especially black trans lives, and do your part to abolish all forms of systemic racism. I'll see you next time.